Anytime. Praise God. Okay, it's time for our time for our sermon to sermon today. Harvest time, and so you know it really is important. Okay, can we just calm down, please? Thank you very much. So, Father, we love you, and Father, we ask you, Father, just to put us into the spirit today, Lord. Father, there's no doubt about it, Father, that your word is the greatest thing that we can ever have. Father, without your word, we would never know anything about you being a spirit. We'd never know, Father, how we could get saved. We would never know, Father, what you expect. We would never know what the future holds for any of us. So this morning, Father, I I give you a real hearty thanks with all that we have, Lord, for that Bible that you produced, Father, by using the prophets and the apostles, using their lives experience and all that went on, Father, for we should have the most incredible book to help us understand everything about this life. So thanks, Father. Thank you that we have harvested your word. We thank you, Father, that we have harvested your spirit into our lives as well. And Father, we know you give everything, Lord. But help us this morning again, Lord, just to listen to the word and then, to put it into our lives, Father, so it can produce a harvest that you desire. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome again. It's, uh, it is harvest time. And it's quite fascinating, you know, that the Lord talks about harvest a lot in the Bible. It's all about this, the whole world is talking about, you know, how we've grown and how we grow and everything grows and everything moves and everything, whatever is going on, God has, has created all this for us. And the Jews were, 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 were really told by God to, to, to have these, these festivals. There were so many festivals they had, but harvest time was definitely one of them. And the scripture, one scripture I'm going to use is from Exodus 23, um, 16. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you have sown in the field. And the feast of the ingathering at the end of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field. So you can see that God gave them two feasts to have. Two places where they could thank God. The beginning, when the first fruits come and that they took it. And then at the end, what we, what we know is the end of our harvest time when all everything's harvested. But don't forget, something's harvested straight away. So he asked them to do so. That was two of the feasts they, they had to celebrate. So it's so important. And of course, people say, the harvest, what is it? Well, the harvest is what we get, isn't it? It's what we harvest for anything. So, very simple. We, we go and harvest from the fruit of the apple tree. We harvest apples. 
And for the wheat, we get all the grain, etc., etc. And so you could see that when we've been going around walking this, this last few weeks, we can see everywhere harvest time. Harvest of the wheat and all the big bales of hay and everything else that are there. And it's so important. It is the crop. It is the fruit of our labour. So we harvest more than crops. We harvest many, many things. The psalm we, 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 we spoke about this morning is, is, is pretty clear. This earth, earth, the land, the ground, the earth, that's what it is. That's where we, that's where we are on the earth. We're not in the sea. <laughs> We're not in the sky. We're on the earth. So this all of this has been given to us. That earth, that soil, the sea, the sky, the sun, the animals, the plants, the fish, the birds, the weather. All so we can live here. Isn't that fascinating? Every little bit and all we can live here. And God created all of this. So he could create man to live upon the earth. The only reason why he created it all is to create us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? Without all that, we would not live. No wonder we can give him thanks for everything um, that he had to do. But you know, man received this from the beginning, but just disdained God and just went against everything that he had and followed what he thought was best. And of course, the Bible tells us that there was, there was evil upon the earth. And he said, I've had enough. And what the Bible says, he repented of creating man. So we created man to, to know him. And yet he straight away at the beginning went away from God, sinned, and then everyone sinned after that. And he got to a stage that he'd had enough. Do we get to that stage? It's okay. It's fine. Because guess what? We're created in God's image. So all these things that we go through, God himself has, has, has gone through. And he threatened them like, you know that, you know, if you don't change your ways, there's something going to happen. And we know today what happened. And he sent a flood. And isn't it fascinating? He didn't just send it just by chance. He got a preacher to tell the people what was going to happen. You know, and, and that preacher, he gave a job to do. To build an ark. And the most fascinating thing about it, he built the ark while it was sunny and they don't have very much rain. So the people thought, might have probably thought, uh-uh, he's crazy building an ark. And what's more, it's not only is he crazy because he's building it in the sunshine when we don't get much rain, he built it on top of a mountain. Yeah. Do you know that reminds me of the people today who don't want to listen to the Word of God? No matter what they think, no matter what they see, it means nothing to them. So God made it really clear to these people that I am going to flood the earth. Eighty years Noah preached. 
telling the impending doom because of their sin. And not one listened. So aren't we blessed today being in church because we've listened? We don't see these things like this. We're so blessed that we've listened and took to heart those words of God. And we know that we struggle with it. We know some of, some of us don't like all these things and we don't like some of the preaching. We don't like some of the words of God that we don't like. But guess what? I'd rather know what God wants me to do than him not to tell me what to do and suffer the consequences of not doing it. We don't get blessed by disobeying God. None of us. And you can, you can do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to say to me. But if you don't follow the word of God, you will not get blessed. It is so simple. I am so glad God promised he wouldn't flood the earth again. He's not going to flood the earth again and he gave us a rainbow in the sky. So we would know his promise. Isn't it funny how people have taken those rainbow colours to mean something completely different? It's incredible how God put something in the sky for us Christians to know the word is truth. Genesis 8, 2022. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. This is when the flood had finished. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. He loved the sacrifice because he knew it was an aroma of thanks. Isn't that beautiful when we thank the Lord and we pray to him the wonders of him and tell him about him. It's a sweet aroma in God's nostrils. He loves it. When we follow the word, he loves it. It's a sweet aroma to him. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Isn't that beautiful? He's not going to curse us. He's going to give us the opportunity to use the land, the things that he gives us, so we can survive in this world. And he said, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Isn't that amazing? Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. I am so thankful to God that we're in a time where not only does that, but he gives us such a lot more than he gave the people in the Old Testament. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. So we're in a good time. 
you know, so, and that's what we've got to understand. We're in a good time here. We're in the New Testament. And God has told us from the Old Testament, he's never going to do this again. You've got all these seasons still to go, no matter where the change is, no matter where the weather changes, no matter what goes on, he's not going to stop any of this. So we know we're going to be okay day by day, day by day. God's not going to change that just yet. Because we know he doesn't change the earth now. The earth is there for our goodness. It's one of the reasons why we all should look at how we live, how we look after the planet, how we use God's resources. And yet we know, no matter what we do, nothing, nothing, there's no harvest at all about anything unless the seed is sown. Nothing. Isn't that amazing? 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to read a passage here. It is about sowing the seeds. A glorious body, verse 35, 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 49. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. No seed before it has to die first and go into the ground to bring life. Do you know that's just the same as us? If we, if we do not die to ourselves, God cannot live in us. We'll still carry on going our own way. And what you sow, you do not sow that the body shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases. And to each seed, its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men and another flesh of animals, another of fish and another of birds. See, we can't cross-pollinate. We can't change all these things. But we'll talk about that in a little while. Verse 40. There are also celestial bodies. I love this bit. Celestial bodies, those beautiful celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. We're the terrestrial. The angels and God are the celestial. And the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another of the moon, and the glo another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. That brightness, what it provides, that's the glory. He says, look at that, isn't it amazing? If we ever looked at the sun and, and, and looked at what the scientists have said, it's one of the most incredible planets in the solar system. It's amazing. And it's, is it fusion or fission? It's fusion. I've had to ask that because fission is the atomic bomb. And that implodes and destroys. But fusion actually just keeps generating itself. Isn't that incredible? 
So the sun, what, no matter what they say, keeps generating himself because it, it keeps burning and going within itself, not out, but it gives us heat. Amazing. So there's all these different sorts of lights that, that everyone, everyone shines differently. How's that? We shine differently. But we should do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People should see that the Spirit of God shining through us. If they don't, there's something amiss. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. Each one of us corrupt right from birth. And it is raised in incorruption. You didn't get, if you didn't grow up in a born-again, spirit-filled, word-driven family, we were born in, in corruption and raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, and yet we're raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and yet it's raised as a spiritual body. Beautiful. This is God just showing us what it is. So how he how he's sowed this seed. We're sown, we were sown by flesh. Mom and dad. Hopefully most people are still by mum and dad. Hallelujah. It is sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. Flesh. Flesh, that's where we started. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. Life-giving by that spirit. However, the spiritual is not first but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust, the second man is the Lord from heaven. And we know it was made of the Spirit. As was the man of dust, so all those who are made of dust, and as the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we also shall bear the image of the heavenly man. We are to become more spiritual beings. And don't forget when, when Jesus comes back in the rapture, at the twinkling of an eye, we should all become those spiritual beings. And if he said that all of us have angels, and if he said that we could be careful who we entertain, because you might be the scruffiest and smelliest person that you've met. He could be an angel. So be careful that we don't judge people before we know who they are and what they are. But isn't it beautiful though? Sown into incorruption, but raised in incorruption. God wants to work out of us. 
this incorruption. He wants to be the farmer. He wants to plough your field. He wants to get the stones and the rock hardness out of you. And he wants to soften you and plant within him the likeness of Jesus. And then he wants to water it and grow it. So we can be more like that man, Jesus Christ. That's his promise. Isn't that, it's, not, it's, not something we, but it's not something that he's just making up. It's his promise. So when the storms come, we stand upon that rock. You see, this is a different rock now. This is a rock of his word, which never changes, can never be moved, not to be any by anyone changed. Something we can stand upon and say, this is it. I don't care about the storms that are around me. I don't care about the floods that are coming. I'm going to stand on the rock of this word and the faith that he's given me, the promises he's given me, and I will not be moved. That's what he's sowing into us. He'll stop this, 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 oh, Satan's doing this. He can do nothing. Only what we let him stand on the rock and don't let anything deter you in your faith. Nothing. Definitely no people. Definitely no people. For if they're not saved, they're not sown of the right spirit. This is my Lord that he wants Oh, Jesus, so much more he wants for every single one of us. Everything has a seed. We've seen this. Birds have eggs and the, the birds, fishes, every, you, you go, go and have a look at any, any nature program. They're always on about reproduction because it's important. It's important for everything has its own seed. And yet man is now trying to alter things by science. He says it's for the good. Phil, I have the opinion that it's going to go against God's natural ways <laughs> and man shall reap corruption. I don't think it's going to do any good. I think because we don't know the science and we've got to practice at it, there's going to be some abominations come out of this. Look how we have tried so hard to change genes already and DNA to make things better. We're going to struggle. It's going to get worse. And again, I say without sowing the seed, there is no harvest. Without looking after our crop to be, we can end up with a poor crop. Or what's worse, nothing. Then we starve, don't we? You see, we always look, God uses that natural. So can you understand if we're not sowing the supernatural? If we're not sowing these things for God, we could end up being unfruitful. And the Bible is very clear. Everything we look at, God's always given us warnings. Even with, with what David said this morning on the collection about tithing and offering, they're completely different. 
Tithing has been a principle of God from the very beginning. It wasn't a law, it's a principle. And principles don't change with God. Tithing is a 10%. Offering is what you want to give because of the love, as he said, of God. And I'll just give you one other scripture to finish that little bit, just so, so you can be more fruitful. God says, man shall cannot worship God and man right. And he tells us that wealth is the least in God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And if he cannot trust you with the least, how can he trust you with the treasures of heaven? You see? He then gives you the, all the wonderful stuff. Well, if you can, if you, if you can, and stuff like that. But it's the same everywhere. He's sowing seeds in us. Sowing the word in us. To give us that ability to be able to, to please him so he can give you your harvest. Mm. God wants to give you harvests. Mm -hmm. So I say again, yeah. without sowing the seed, in every part of your life, there's no harvest. Without looking at our crop to be, we can end up with a poor crop, or worse, no crop. Yet the Lord states, we shall be known by our fruits. What we produce. Isn't that amazing? It's weird. We're supposed to be these branches attached to the vine. Taking everything from the vine. Everything from God, God has to offer to produce the fruit at the end of the branch. And once that fruit comes, it drops into the ground in the natural. And every fruit has its own seed. And it grows another. That's why he said, if the seed does not drop into the ground and die, it shall produce no fruit. That's why it's about dying to ourselves. Listen, we've all heard the, the parable of the sower many times. This is where, but this is where I believe we gain most of our blessings by sowing the word, watering it, and reaping the harvest. And the Lord spoke in parables so people could understand. So he used the natural to show the supernatural. That's all it was for. And he told us that the, the sower went out to sow his seed and he sowed it and some fell by the wayside and because it was so hard, hard there and it was trampled down and the birds of the air took it away, that's what he said. And some fell on rock or your stony ground, whichever way you want to look at it. As soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it had no, it had no root, it was too shallow and it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and, 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 and choked it. Uh, but others found on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop of a hundredfold. When he had said these words, he cried, who has ears, let him hear. Hear what we should be doing. And of course, God doesn't leave it for us to try to understand on our own. I, I can see why he's, this is one of, the, one of the times that he used a parable of the natural, then explained it. And some of them didn't even explain it. But this parable, he spent time in, in explaining it to his disciples. Luke 8, 11. 
Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, takes away the word out of their heart. Lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, because it's too shallow within the rocks and stones, who believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, just fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out of a choke by the cares, the riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the ground, good ground, are those who, having the word, with noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. And, the, and another scripture says, we'll bring 30, 50, 100 fold. So we know if we sow and we water it and do what God asks, we will get that fruit into our lives and God can do nothing but bless it, bless us. Okay. But you know, sowing astray, some of us sow astray. And don't put, it's, it's in the Bible that people will sow astray. And even when people were sowing the wrong word and sowing to the wrong people, Paul gave us scriptures for it. And what Paul gave, gave those people over to Satan. Mm. That sounds awful, doesn't it? Let's read it. First of all, 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20. This is us holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith. So once we stop, stop being concerned about our faith and begin to tell people what we think, then we're in trouble. Of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Isn't that amazing? So Satan can be used to make sure that we understand we're on the wrong path to bring you back to repentance. Wow. 